As it has recently been announced that lockdown is starting to ease, a lot of people are beginning to wonder what life will be like after three months of being at home. We've all adapted to connecting in new ways and learning to live with life inside. But what are the lessons to remember and take forward? Hello and welcome to Millennial Matters, a weekly podcast brought to you by me, Laura Chambers, and me, Pippa Artis. Each episode will tackle a new topic that's got us talking. Everything from food and fashion through to relationships and money, we'll take a look into millennial life from all angles. This week, we're pleased to welcome Elsie onto the show. Elsie is a counsellor who loves working with people, often in their 20s and 30s, who feel like they don't know who they are or what they want from their lives. She runs an Instagram account and weekly newsletter sharing educational content and ideas that promote all things self-exploration, self-love and self-respect. She usually works with clients in person from her therapy room in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, but has discovered a love for online therapy with people across the UK since lockdown. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Hello, thanks for having me. I'm really pleased to be here. (laughs) We are so excited. So as we're currently operating under very unusual circumstances at the moment, even though things are beginning to ease up, we are asking all of our guests, how are you really coping with lockdown life at the moment? (laughs) I love that question. I love the idea of checking in with ourselves and really asking how we actually are I think we can answer that question with a fine or a good so easily with that I actually am quite good today lockdown yeah has been a strange time it's been challenging if you'd asked me that question yesterday I probably would have said I was really fed up (laughs) (laughs) I think that is the thing isn't it it's that it changes on a daily basis so you have to keep checking in and just taking stock of where you are on any given day but accepting that it might be very different the next day and the day before. Absolutely. Yeah. And that actually that's all right. I think it's really important to check in with ourselves and and give ourselves permission to be finding it difficult some days and to be, yeah, really thriving on others. I think guilt for finding it nice is also something I've sat with before. Like actually this is a global pandemic. It's awful for a lot of people. And so when I'm sitting there thinking, actually, this is quite nice. yeah I have to really give myself permission for that to be okay really love that I think that's nice because that is definitely something I can relate to at the moment so before we get fully stuck into this subject of looking at the lessons we want to take forward from lockdown it'd be great to hear a little bit more from you about uh, your role as a counsellor I typically work with people in their 20s and 30s not exclusively but they tend to be the people that um, come to me and Really, I I just like to facilitate a space where people can explore what's going on for themselves and to make some sense of kind of what got them here to this moment. Different reasons for coming to therapy are always present for them. But I think there's always a, a common thing that's just, who am I? What's going on for me in my life right now? And, and where do I go moving forward? And I think particularly in our 20s and 30s, that is a, a really big thing that happens. Like, who are we? What are we doing? And and what does, I guess, what does life mean to us? That's quite an existential question, I guess. But yeah. yeah. 
So Elsie, obviously we can't get into what topics you actually discuss with individuals. There's a confidentiality thing there, but I'm just interested to know as a therapist, things have changed a lot in the last three months for people. How have you had to adapt in your counselling and the methods you use perhaps and what sort of subjects you might come across now? Has it been a change for you to how you were working before? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. I think the the biggest thing is obviously the change in format. So I normally work with people in person. I did some online work before. I would offer online sessions to people if they weren't well and couldn't make it into the session, but could speak and were, were happy to to still do the session that way. So I think the biggest thing is just this shift to working online. And and actually, at the beginning, I was really skeptical. I really had a a, a belief that actually, you know, therapy was kind of dependent on being in the room with somebody and yes there are differences you know there are certain things that we can't do but actually overall it's really taught me that it is just as effective and the fact that people can talk from their homes they can have their favorite mug with them they can sit in their favorite chair like there's a lot that is added actually to doing it this way so it's been yeah a learning curve for me I've I've done additional training and I've yeah gained new information but actually Overall, it's been a really positive part of this whole whole thing. And it's something I'll take forward, definitely. I think the whole world stopping has facilitated some kind, yeah, a big reflection process for a lot of people. So that leads perfectly onto our discussion point today, because you actually posted some really lovely Instagram stories about these lessons that we are going to talk about, lessons from lockdown. Um, I feel like there's a whole podcast series just in that, to be honest, Uh, everyone coming together with all the things they've learned. But before we kick things off, I found a really lovely little quote, I guess it is, from Leslie Dwight um, that has been circulating around the internet. And I guarantee people that are listening to us right now will have seen it already. But I feel like it really encapsulates kind of the essence of what we're talking about today about the fact that 2020 has been a very unusual year but doesn't mean that it's all kind of doom and gloom kind of thing so this is from uh, Leslie Dwight what if 2020 isn't cancelled what if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for a year so uncomfortable so painful so scary so raw that it finally forces us to grow a year that screams so loud finally awakening us from our ignorant slumber a year we finally accept the need for change declare change, work for change, become the change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other further apart. 2020 isn't cancelled, but rather the most important year of them all. I know that is like quite deep. It talks about other subjects outside of what we're going to be talking about today, but the whole sentiment of 2020 not being cancelled just because it's been a hell of a weird year is something that I just think is really important to remember and kind of stick to when maybe you're doing the same thing as us and reflecting on 2020 and the lockdown situation so far yeah I just love that and I love the idea that I I love that it comments on this sense of us wanting to write things off when they're not good so you know 2020 being cancelled because it was a bad year that this bad stuff happened of course yes bad things did happen it hasn't been a nice time but you know, life features that this is part of of existing as human beings. And we we do need to sit with discomfort and things that aren't nice. And so yeah, I just love that that puts a bit of a spin on on that idea. Yeah, so lovely. So on that note, then it would be amazing to hear from you about some of the lessons that you want to take forward. I know that you have spoken about lots of them, but we're gonna kind of have a nice little chit chat today, just discussing what we all feel we have learned. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I think the first thing for me is that I've, I've totally learned that I find it really, really hard to chill out and slow down. Mm. So something that I often sit with is a, is a desire for things to slow down generally in life. You know, if we think about so-called normal life, I was very busy. I was doing a lot um, traveling quite a bit, moving around and feeling like I was really seeking a pause. So at the beginning of lockdown, I was like, great, there's this opportunity to stop. My work's continued because I've been so grateful that I can do it online. Mm-hmm. So in lots of ways, my my life hasn't stopped, but in other ways, it, it really has. And yet still, I've really busied myself with things. And I, I'm curious about that. I don't know if either of you guys feel that, but this sense of, yeah, like, what do I actually do when I stop? What does chilling out look like? Yeah, I think I've definitely learnt what my idea of chilling out is, isn't necessarily everyone else's idea of chilling out I mean I I was a busy person before but I I always knew that I kind of get over consumed by things I kind of charge up at home and then I go out and do something social but then I need time to myself as well or kind of in my comfort zone when I've been at home I still haven't wanted to just not do anything but what I've actually learned is that there are things that I really enjoy doing, which are still either being active or producing something. But to me, that is chilling out because it's my kind of mental escape from what's going on everywhere. I find it really hilarious to hear this because anybody who's been listening to us since um, series one will know that Laura is the introvert and I am more of the extrovert. And Laura is talking about keeping herself busy during lockdown, whereas I have become a total slob, like genuine total slob. And it is hilarious because I am normally the person who has plans every night of the week. My own partner is saying, when am I going to see you prior to lockdown? And I am now in a situation where the weeks go so unbelievably quickly because I literally do the same routine day in day out get up work from nine till probably six six thirty or something have some dinner go and sit on the sofa until I fall asleep on the sofa and then my boyfriend pokes me and goes let's go to bed like literally every single day (laughs) so so it's quite entertaining to hear these like complete um opposite sides here I set myself a little goal to go for a run every day and I've also been cooking pretty much every day and I've been on my own little meal plan which is something that I always wanted to do but never had a chance to do so I've been um, tracking what I eat and following a macro plan and, and it's made me feel a lot better and it's something that I wanted to do but always said if I had more time I would do this and never got round to it and I had this discussion with my boyfriend He was saying, well, yeah, all the things that you're doing are really productive. And then there's me who's spending time gaming or watching things on Netflix. And I said, but all I'm doing is standing in a kitchen and doing some cooking or logging something onto an app. It's your perception of what is good and bad, as opposed to it actually being either a good positive thing or a bad thing. And I was like, for you, you needed some time to chill out and you you never get that in daily life. So I think it's really interesting how people are still looking at what other people are doing and thinking that somehow that might be better or worse. Elsie, is that something that you found then when you've been trying to get your head around like how you actually check out from life? Yeah, totally. And I I think the thing that I picked up on there and and what Laura was saying is the sense of comparison. Mm. You know, there are so many quotes that particularly float around Instagram around 
comparison you know it's the thief of joy and comparing is despairing and there are all these you know these quotes that that tell us not to do it and yet we still do and that links quite nicely onto another kind of reflection I've had about lockdown and wanting to take things forward which is is to really encourage people not to compare and to try to you know use this as an opportunity to check in with ourselves it sounds like Laura your partner worked out what he needed and you've worked out what you needed and neither is better or worse than the other the the point is is that if we focus it on ourselves then we get to work out what we need and if we take others out of it then actually that becomes it becomes really okay well that is a I could not have picked a more perfect segue into one of my lessons because my lesson is FOMO is ridiculous and I really 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 I pray to whatever God is up there that I am able to stick to this one and remember this throughout everything because I am the kind of person where I see ordinarily in a pre-lockdown life I'll see an event that I see other people are going to or I'll see a podcast that somebody's listening to or blah 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 blah. and I literally try and fit everything in to the point of continuous burnout on a regular occasion because that is just the kind of person I am and what I have been able to take forward from this situation at the moment is the fact that in reality we're all stuck in the same situation of having to stay inside for essentially three months like and you know obviously unless you're an essential worker but there is a beauty in stepping back from the FOMO that you experienced previously when everyone was doing things and now I look at social media and I think oh look so and so's posted another picture of them reading a book inside like that's lovely I I don't need to feel like I am envious or jealous of what they're doing because actually I am doing something very similar at the moment and I don't know how I'm going to take that forward but I definitely want to try. Yeah totally and there's there's something that I've observed in people over this period and in myself which is that the external pressure has been completely lifted from us all mm. so because nothing can happen we don't seem to be so preoccupied with doing the things that could happen before or that we should be doing. So something that I'm wanting to try to take forward and I'm continually reflecting on this is how do I create that lack of pressure in normal life? Like, what is it that I can do in my life to try to take off some of that sense of I should be doing all these things? I remember at the beginning of this, when it happened, I felt a huge relief. Yeah. Get a bit of a break. And then I become curious about like, well, why do I feel like I need a break? Yeah. And what can I put in place in my life that means that actually I don't feel like I need to take a break from it what did you realize from that reflection the thing that got me reflecting on it and the thing that got me thinking about this idea of of needing a break was just the relief I felt within my body when the lockdown Mm. happened I remember just feeling so yeah grateful that things could pause I'm not sure if that completely answers your question but it it reminds me of how much my body can tell me actually what what I'm feeling what works for me what doesn't if I pause for long enough to let it do that I think what you said about external pressures is is really important it certainly resonates with me that's one of the things that I'd written down there's definitely a learning in there and I suppose the learning for me is that I have always let external pressures lead me to make decisions which are 
more to please other people than myself a lot of the time because I feel like I have to have a release of what that external pressure is, if you see what I mean. I suppose my learning through this is actually learning what actually makes me happy and makes me tick when there is no one else around to comment on it or be judgmental in some way. And and that's in lots of different ways, I think. One of the key things for me is about food. And obviously, I don't want to get too deep into food because I know that could be triggering for some people. But for me, it's always been a, a funny relationship since I turned vegan. It's made me very anxious in public to be eating, if I'm entirely honest. And the reason for that is that just in the everyday action of sitting down with your lunch, there will be someone commenting on it and making a deal out of it. And not in any kind of particularly negative way, but it's kind of a micro thing. Just the simple act of eating lunch, which you have to do every day. I feel like there's always a question behind it. What are you eating? Is there enough protein in that? What are your views on animal rights and all this sort of thing? Whereas all I want to do is eat my lunch in peace. That's something that I've decided what I want to eat. And and just the freedom of being able to do that and not have all of those questions coming through from other people has just been really good for me. It's made me kind of realise the things that I was doing for myself that are important to me, if that makes sense. I don't really know how to explain this any better, but, you know, it's it's that helped me separate out the things that I do because I'm expected to do them and then the things that are really important to me. And actually, even if people are judgmental about it, it actually makes me happy to do this thing, so I'm going to continue to do it. I suppose the difficulty in that is I've learned what makes me happy and that it's nice not having that external pressure What I don't really know going forwards is how that changes when lockdown eases and how to cope with that. How moving forward is that going to change when it goes into the bigger world again and how am I going to react to it? So yeah, there's Mm. learnings there, but there's also concern there as well as to... (laughs) it's, It's all very well saying that I'm nice and comfortable with what I'm doing now, but then it's going to come back at a certain point yeah this this I think you've highlighted something that's really important the apprehension and I think this is possibly what I was talking about in the stories that um, Pippa might have seen was that you know I feel both so comfortable with my setup in my bubble to use your word too Laura and there's a sense of like okay there are things out there in normal life that I'm seeking and I'm missing but I'm also really apprehensive about how that all gets integrated back in together and and I guess the truth is that none of us really know that like we, we haven't been in this position before and we're all winging it in lots of ways. And so I guess I, I like the idea of creating a permission to do this really gradually, mm. to pay attention to what happens to us as, as we go forward and to slow down if we need to. If our, if our individual integration back into normal life feels too quick or feels not enough then it's about being able to kind of take agency over our own integration back into normality Mm. in a way that fits in with what feels okay for us and isn't so much about other people, which I guess is what you were describing. Yeah, Yeah. I think just the the other thing I would say, sorry, the, the other learning for me is to make sure that I'm paying it forward as well. Because I'm talking about the fact that I feel like there's external pressures on me, but I don't know if 
the things I say and the actions I take are potentially doing that to someone else. So I feel like that's something I really want to take out of lockdown to be more mindful about what I'm saying to other people, just to make sure that I'm not that external pressure on someone else. Yeah. And I think that whole thing you're saying, Elsie, about giving yourself time um, really links nicely to the story that you did, which I resonated with so much about taking one day at a time. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, it's a so one day at a time at a time is a slogan, I think that comes from 12 step fellowships like AA and other oh, similar really? fellowships. I don't know if it's it originates exactly from there. But that's how I became aware of it. And the, the idea is, yeah, the sense of keeping things in the day. I have really, really learned the value of that throughout this process. In that if I I'm only thinking about what is ahead of me in this one day, sometimes one hour, sometimes a minute, if if I'm really honest, I'm able to kind of access a sense of calm and, and peace in a different way. Thinking about, you know, the future next week, t- tomorrow, next week, next year, five years time is really overwhelming for some people. And actually, we don't have that time yet. You know, it kind of taps into mindfulness too. this idea of being in the moment and being present. And my experience has been throughout lockdown that actually somehow creating this period of time that's in suspense has enabled me in some way to go, well, I I really can't control what's going to happen in the future. So is there a way for me to live just for today you know actually what where am I at today well I haven't eaten any breakfast yet so I'm going to go and eat breakfast what's the next thing oh okay I've got this you know this blog to write so I'm going to sit down and do that for a bit like instead of thinking well how am I going to get out of lockdown what's going to happen in the future will I have a job bloody bloody blah that the just being here and now is such a a valuable thing if we can tap into it and it's hard it's not easy mm. Yeah, I really like that. It's actually something that I entirely agree with. I used to constantly have situations with Laura prior to lockdown where she'd be like, okay, we've got this amazing guest. When can we fit them in? And I'd be like, um, 2021, maybe? Like, I don't know why I have a passion project, which means I cannot do it because I literally have no time. What's been really lovely is that every Sunday, my partner and I've been sitting down and looking at the week ahead and just saying, you know, what have you got coming up? And although it's not looking at things from a really, really granular perspective, you know, just that day or just that hour, for example, it's actually been really nice for me to not look any further than that week and just focus on, okay, what have we got coming up and and plan in some nice stuff in the evening. Like last night, I I planned a surprise like date night in the garden and had like a Glastonbury themed like date night kind of thing and I absolutely loved it but I literally only thought of that like two days beforehand or something and I never would have had the freedom to allow myself to think in such a short amount of time and a short time scale and I think that kind of calendar monitoring is going to be really interesting when we come out of lockdown like making sure that it just doesn't become overwhelming and we actually do look at things in just chunks of time I mean actually just to add to that very very quickly uh, and to give Vix Meldrew a shout out um, she on her Growing Glow uh, work this week actually did something on the Pomodoro technique about you know 25 minute work five minute break 25 minute and and actually I think we need stuff like that more than ever at the moment like real focus for a short amount of time and then giving yourself the flexibility and freedom to have a break and the idea of obviously that's in 25 minute blocks but that kind of 
sentiment can actually be applied to life generally as well. Yeah, I actually have learned that flexible working has worked better for me than I thought it would. Mm. So prior to lockdown, I had the ability to work from home if I wanted to. So I work in an office generally. So I know that this some of what we're talking about in a work setting doesn't apply if you work in a, a job that doesn't give you that flexibility. Um, so this is more towards the people who are either freelancers working at home or you know in an office job like myself but before lockdown I would make sure that I had this structure in place and I know that going into lockdown there were a lot of articles written which were tips for how to work from home and it was all very much you should still dress appropriately for work or in a business setting to put yourself in that mindset you should stick to hours so that you've got that structure around it and I, I did that before lockdown and I started doing that during lockdown and then I went completely the other way and I've found a middle ground now and I've, I've worked out that that might work for some people but actually I've the more I've worked from home, the more I've seen that there are certain hours of the day, it sounds a bit weird, but that I'm really productive and they might not all be consecutive and so for me actually having the ability to say well, I always thought I was a bit of a morning person, but actually it's better for me to start at 9.30 in the morning than 8.30, have a good couple of hours of, of work, take a longer lunch break, do some more work, and then work a little bit later in the evening, though. Actually, having those breaks, not, not quite the 25 minutes that you're talking about, because I think it will differ for, for different people, but actually learning that my mind works in a, in a different way and it needs rest at different periods than other people might need has been really helpful to me. And I felt guilty at first because I was like, I can't take a two-hour lunch break. That's just a bit cheeky. But then I was like, no, because I'm going to work later. And I found I was more productive at six o'clock in the evening than I was at, at one o'clock in the afternoon having had my beans on toast. <laughs> Elsie, I can see you nodding along here. I was just, um, as, as you were talking, Laura, I was thinking about just this idea of what feels really common throughout most of what we're talking about is listening to ourselves mm. in whatever way that is. So you're describing really tapping into what works for you as an individual person. You're, you're not listening so much to, well, we should only have an hour lunch break. Work finishes at six o'clock. But actually trying to become more aware of what is it that, that means that you're most productive. And, and yes, that's not going to be the same for me or for Pippa or for anybody else. It might be. But the point is that if it works for you and you're most productive, then what is it that stops us from from doing that? And and I think lockdown has created this opportunity for us to reflect. I always think that's a really corny word to use, but, mm -hmm. but to reflect and to kind of, yeah, pause and, and check in with ourselves. I definitely agree with that. And I think um, there's so many other things around that, like sense of productivity, especially in relation to work, if you are able to work from home at the moment. Because I don't think it's just down to like the hours you work. I think it can be down to, you know, having more flexibility over the food you're eating, for example. Like I work in the city in London and there's, you know, obviously lots of kind of restaurants and like takeaway places and everything. But you end up, unless you bring your own lunch in, like quite often eating things that you don't really want to be eating. Whereas when you're at home, you have a bit more flexibility. And I guarantee there's so many other things that people are kind of going, what makes me live 
in this world at the moment in the best way possible and still allows me to fulfill the expectations of you know my work role for example yeah one of the biggest things I've noticed is how much more comfortable I am not wearing skinny jeans (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I mean nothing was ever forcing me to wear them before right there were choices I was making but I yeah I've been really just shown how much better I feel when I wear things that my body feels really comfortable in I think for women particularly you know we have more organs we have more stuff going on in our abdomens and to wear high-waisted kind of quite restrictive jeans is just actually really uncomfortable but somehow I never used to notice and it was only after about maybe six weeks of lockdown and I put my jeans back on to go somewhere I can't remember what I was doing and I was like this is just not this is horrible (laughs) and I took them off again and I actually haven't put them back on I said that I started running and tracking my macros and everything. I've lost a little bit of weight. Unfortunately, it's come off the top half, not the bottom half. (laughs) So what I've realised is that a bra is a social construct I don't need so much either (laughs) anymore. And for the first time ever, I went out shopping without wearing a bra the other day. And I was just like, this has been holding me back all of my life. Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) Claps for you, Laura. Claps for you. Oh my goodness. I'm I mean, so I, proud of you. I mean, I would I would caveat this by saying that I'm kind of like a 32. Uh, well, I was a 32B before, so there's not a lot left now. But I've lost a little bit of weight. Um, so I know it won't work for everyone in the same way, but just the freedom of just being like, fuck it. Can I ask, did you feel like, you know, people were potentially staring at you? You know, that's what I always imagine is going to be the situation. People are going to be like, does she realise that we can see her nips kind of thing? (laughs) Well, to be fair, it was very warm. We're going through a heat wave at the moment. So there were none of those concerns about it being too cold. But then in winter, I'd have a coat on and everything. But it's not like I was wearing a vest top. I was wearing something very covered up. But I just thought the only person who's conscious about this is me. And because I've been become so used to not doing it at home, it wasn't until I was out that I actually realized I wasn't wearing a bra. (laughs) (laughs) I can 100% relate to this though, because I have found myself actively searching for more like sports bras. And like, you know, when you're about 14, and you haven't really got boobs kind of thing and you're like okay well I'm just gonna wear this like sports bra thing because it makes me feel like I'm more of a grown-up like that's basically (laughs) what I'm doing at the moment but on the jeans thing I do find it really hilarious because yes we are going through a heat wave and it does mean that jeans are just like why would I ever put them on but when I have been wanting to make myself feel a little bit more like pre-lockdown me I have been you know putting clothes on that I used to love wearing and everything and I was exactly the same I put my high-waisted jeans on and I was like it just feels so restricted and I don't know what I'm imagining I'm going to be doing like cartwheels or something like down the high street but literally it's so true I just sort of thought like I just want to put a floaty dress on I have become such a hippie in terms of like all the things I'm wearing because I'm literally just wearing like floaty dresses all the time and I think this is just going to have to be something I take forward jeans on for us ladies <laughs> I would love I, I think we need to do a follow-up on this episode in a year's time <laughs> what we actually stick to and what we don't because I will caveat this by saying that if I was going into the office dear god there is no way I would never wear a bra um, but going going to the supermarket on my own felt absolutely fine it was like I'm not having to interact with people other than a cash point 
mm. and, and that's it. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see when we come out of this, all the things that we've become so comfortable with. And then when you get back into, in inverted commas, the real world, whether we stick to it or not, or whether we gradually go back to, actually, it's winter, high-waisted jeans, they, you know, <laughs> sometimes they're all right, or whether you just go, dear God, no, no, it's boho forever now. <laughs> So before we finish up on this, it'd be great to hear uh, one final uh, lesson from you, Elsie. One final lesson. It's a bit of a corny one, but it's about self-care and it's about kindness to ourselves, particularly, I think, as we begin to think about moving forward and Laura's point of, you know, what will this be like in a year? There's a sense I'm getting of maybe a a tendency to put pressure on ourselves to keep these things up or to not make mistakes in you know oh well I learned that in lockdown and oh now it's six months later and I'm not doing it and criticizing ourselves for that and being hard on ourselves for for not doing what we should have done in inverted commas you know like actually we're all coping with this differently and it's really important to remember that you know we've all just been through or are still going through a global pandemic and after reading a bit about PTSD and mm. the impact of trauma, you know, this, however, each of us has experienced it, you know, it's all going to be different. Some people will have experienced direct loss as a result of coronavirus and other people won't. But but as a collective, we are experiencing something traumatic mm. and we're all going to be responding differently. So I guess my takeaway, my top tip would be <laughs> to just keep that in mind and remember that we have all coped differently and that that's okay and we will learn some things we will forget some things we're human yeah and and I think that that element of self-care doesn't just have to relate to you know how kind you're being to yourself or you know even just having a new skincare routine or something like that it also is is greater than that in terms of some people are going to be doing things at the moment that you maybe don't agree with because as you say like we are still in a pandemic and it's really tough sometimes if you feel a certain way for you to not feel like let down or angry or feel a whole whirlwind of emotions at the moment and actually that sense of self-care is going I need to just take control of what I can take control of and and not actually let other people's actions or or whatever they're doing like impact you. Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. And and also that, you know, that process of I think it's really easy for us to be like, oh, don't compare yourself, you know, say saying these things is it's actually a lot bigger in practice, you know, and and so I would also really recommend that people seek support if they need it. You know, it's self, I think, I think about this a lot in terms of like what I post on Instagram and what my newsletter contains is that actually lots of healing and lots of growth can happen through independent learning and independent discovery. But also there is a real place for for seeking some help with with adjustment. And, and this time is definitely, you know, it definitely has the potential to have, have triggered some things for people. And it's absolutely okay to to get some help with that. Oh, for sure. And I think what you said about looking in six months time, the self-reflection will do again. And it's that it's not only external pressures that, that we have coming out of lockdown easing, but 
we also all have a tendency to have internal pressures on ourselves, And I think that's something that, that probably hits the nail on the head for me of, of worrying about having gone through all of this reflection and then feeling that kind of fear of, am I just going to lose it all and it's going to be worth nothing? And then beating yourself up before anything ever happens. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Before we go, can you tell us what you've got coming up, what you've got planned? I know it's an odd time at the moment. And just where our listeners can actually find you to to hear more about what you have to say, because it's been so useful for us just looking through your Instagram feed, as Pippa said, your Instagram stories, and also your newsletter that you put out where people can find that because that's full of these really useful nuggets of information. Yeah, sure. In terms of what I have coming up, at the moment, I'm continuing to work online. There isn't really a time that us as therapists have clarity on in terms of when we can return to face to face work, because we sit in a room with somebody for an hour in quite close proximity. So for the foreseeable, <laughs> keeping it one day at a time, it's it's online, which actually, I'm really loving. That's another gift that I've got through this is an awareness of actually working online with clients in therapy is actually really effective. And I really didn't expect that. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, so people can find me. My Instagram is just at seeds for self. And there's a link in my bio to the newsletter there, which I call the seed. Yeah, which just features three things every week. One is something to explore. Something is one thing is a sort of piece of information or kind of insight. And then something to uplift you, something that I've sort of felt that's given me a good mood. And I hope will everybody else too. It's really inspiring because some newsletters you get, you're like, oh my God, this is so much information to take away. But I love that like three pronged approach. I think it's so good because it makes you look forward to getting it and just getting a little nugget, as Laura said, of, of useful info. So thank you. That is really, really helpful. So we will put all of those links down in the show notes. But again, thank you so much. It's been amazing chatting to you this morning. I've loved it. It's been so nice. And it's it's so good to hear that that's what the newsletter feels like for you, because that's my aim is something simple, something that just offers a little bit of something for people. And I, I always say that I kind of hope that it gives people a little bit of what they need or a lot if it's there too. But yeah, it's been so nice to meet you both and to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yay. So uh, thank you for listening to this episode, guys. We really appreciate you coming back. Uh, it has been a roller coaster of a lockdown, but it does look like things are slowly starting to ease. But please do get in touch with us if you have any questions. You can contact us on Twitter at the MM Pod. You can email us on themmpod at gmail.com. You also can find us on Instagram at Millennial Matters Podcast, and you can go to our website, which is www.themmpod.com. Thanks for listening.